It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome to the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals post-game edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports comments and there. Rick Boring. This is brought to you by Ryan Kiefer, branch manager of First Community Mortgage. Usually we drop our podcast, our weekly podcast on Thursdays, but we always do one after the Bengals game to kind of recap what took place and look ahead. And Rick, uh, uh, recapping is ugly and looking ahead doesn't look much better. No, the numbers don't look good if you're a team that starts 0-2. And we'll get into that more as we go on. But Skinny, I want to start big picture with this one because there wasn't as much craziness at the end of this game like there was last week's where you had to break down all the who was in and who was out and the bad snaps and everything like that. This, I think, just leaves everyone feeling pretty bad about where this team is at and, and, and what's next. So let me start with this. In your opinion, what's the most concerning part about this 0-2 start for the team? I think it's twofold. It's obviously the offensive line. You can't not point at that. You know, you get sacked 13 times in two games, and we thought this this thing was going to be better, and you don't run it very efficiently in the first half, although you didn't run it much. And the other one is I, I go to Zach Taylor a little bit with play calling of not running it very much in the first half, of being – listen, I know Joe Burrow loves shotgun and five wide and all that stuff, but – I mean, honestly, I think this offense is going to be way better when you run Joe Mixon, establish him, teams have to respect him, and then you play action and throw over the top. The funny part is they haven't thrown over the top, A, because they don't have time, B, because teams are playing Tampa 2, and the best offense against Tampa 2 is literally running the football. The second half, he was really good running the football. Not perfect, not great. It was about four yards a pop, but it was 50-plus yards after five for five in the first half. Run! I said it tonight on the on the on the Sports Authority. Run the damn ball! I think there's a few different things going on. Everyone wants to point the finger at one thing, like it's it's the offensive line sucks, or it's multiple, Joe, right, or, right, or or today it seems like the popular narrative is that Joe Burrow really played poorly, and I think there's some merit to that that he hasn't played well two. to start the yes. season. Yes, and then of course there's always criticism on the head coach, and I think that's probably warranted, especially in this case because the head coach is also the play caller. And right now, I, what I saw today was it feels like the coaches have no confidence in the line, and that's affecting their play calling. Yes. And the players have no confidence in the play calling, and it's affecting their execution of what they're being asked to do. And there's a whole lot of frustration setting in on the offensive side. The interesting part about all of that is it seems like we were in the same exact spot last year early. I remember having these very similar conversations about play calling, a terrible offensive line, and Joe Burrow's pocket presence early last year before the bye. All of those were conversations we had on this very podcast. So this does feel familiar. Yeah, I, I said the same thing tonight with, with, with Mo Egger and Chris Frank on the Sports Authority. It's kind of where they were at last year. Remember in the Chicago game where they went empty set a bunch and uh, Joe had three interceptions on three plays. This year going into it, because of that, what you needed to do was let by, by run blocking, show your physicality. And Zach, do that. It's frustrating. And I get the frustration from Bengals fans about that because it's cost them the last two games. I, I think the, the part that's really frustrating for a fan right now, if you're watching, is they're not getting the ball out quick. It's a lot of slow developing stuff where I, I think you can make the argument at times that Joe is responsible for these sacks as much as the offensive line when he's holding the ball back there for four or five seconds and he's moving around as much as he is and getting out of the pocket. All right, let, let me let me stop you. That's a fair point, but I, I want to address that. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. So I'm just going to give you a scenario. We we didn't see it today if you're watching the game on TV and most fan almost every fan was. 
So if Joe drops back and his first read is a quick pass to just the overseer, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. It's funny because Tyler and T were not targeted in the first half. But let's say that's where it was supposed to go. And he looks and somebody jumps that route because he trusts his pass rush to get home. All right, so now Joe's, uh-oh, number two, uh-oh, I can't, I can't even get to number three because here I go. Now i got to create a play, and now I go down. So as much as Joe is responsible for some of the sacks, it was interesting in his post-game comments, he said last week, he said it today, hey, last week was on me. He didn't point the finger at the offensive line, but he said, I got to go back and watch it film to see how much of this was on, on, on me. And my guess is he's thinking not a lot of that was on me today. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Look, I, like there's there's a whole bunch of experts now that break down all this film. They've got all 22 access and now they know everything about the NFL. Correct. So I'm sure Correct. they'll tell us uh, what was on Joe and what wasn't. But I, I think some of it was definitely on him. But that wasn't really the, the point I was ready to make. Oh, I was okay. Okay. I, I was more so going to say the frustrating part about it is there's a lot of long developing stuff. So, for instance, last week, I complained about the Bengals lack of pass rush. And you said, well, the Steelers are getting the ball out quick. Which is fair that they were, I, that yeah, they were. They were. and but then you saw that again today, right? Dallas and Cooper Rush was getting the ball out quick, trying to to throw on these quick three step drops, and just boom, the ball's out, the ball's out. That's great, but that's not exactly what the Bengals are doing. They're not getting it out quick, so you're they're avoiding the pass rush. They're getting sacked a lot. Yet at the same time, they're not pushing the ball downfield or taking shots either. No, they're they're, not. they're, they're throwing all these short passes, and then in addition to all that, they can't establish the running game. So it feels like. How, how like everything is crumbling. They can't get any parts of it right. And I, I think it's sort of like, well, how are all these other teams able to do this stuff with a, a guy like Cooper Rush or a guy like Mitch Trubisky? It, it feels like some of this has to fall on the play calling and the scheming sure. that's going on. No, it, no, it's fair. That I mean, that's absolutely fair. There's no question about it. Um, it's not like Zach Kelly has a great track record as a play call. He doesn't. He has a he has some success in this league with Joe Burrow and dudes, but I go back to his first two years. He sucked at UC. He sucked. I mean, maybe we're at that stage where honestly, when teams have adjusted to what they're going to do with the Tampa two stuff, um, you know, maybe he just isn't that good. I mean, it is literally a fair thing to ask. I mean, I remember asking two years ago in the COVID year, cause I was sitting in Myrtle beach covering a basketball game and I was still covering my, my beat. And I, I, we were getting back in the zoom days. And I said, should you give up the play calling? And he said, not going to happen. So we can argue about it, but as long as he's in not going to happen mode, not going to happen. We can argue it, but not going to happen. Well, and I'll go back to what I said about midway through last season, which is there's too much taking what they give us going on with this coaching staff. I understand it to an extent. And look, eventually they ended up making that run and they got all the way to the, to the Super Bowl. I understand all that. And they deserve some respect for that. They deserve a little bit of leash to do their thing again and get this figured out. But at the same time, <laughs> it took Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T Higgins being crazy good at the end of yes. last year and balling out for all of this stuff to work. I mean, Joe Burrow just went God mode basically for a, a eight week stretch or whatever it was at the end of the year and into the postseason, And that made all of this work as much as anything right now. He's not that guy. And I think we're seeing again that at some point when you have this much talent on one offensive unit, you have to impose your will on the defense. They're going to try to get you to throw underneath of them and not take shots. At some point, you have to take the shot. And I'm not saying it has to be every play, but if you look back to last year, the Bengals in first quarters of games averaged like six yards per pass attempt. 
And then all of a sudden yep. you got into the third and fourth quarter. It went up to like 10 something. Guess what they're at, where they're at this year to start. Once again, six yards per attempt on passing plays in the, the first quarter. They start way too conservative, put themselves behind the eight ball. And the problem is right now, they're not calling the plays later in the game to get themselves out of it. And I don't think Joe Burrow is playing quite well enough either. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's conservative, Rick, because I, I go back to the second half. What led to the second half success, in my opinion, was them running the football, which is a conservative mindset. But it was also now we're in second and five and now you're in third and two. Um yeah, I think but it's more I, conservative in the passing as it relates to the passing game, yes. just taking what they give you and throwing underneath and no, never taking a shot. No, and I go back to what is your identity? Okay, you thought you were a five-wide, empty-set team. I don't think you are. You have one of the best running backs in the NFL, and you sign these linemen to not only pass, protect, but run the football. So do that. Establish that. And I don't, I'm sorry. I think I think Joe Burrow is a really good play action passer if he wants to be. And I'm sorry that he loves five wide. Bro, this ain't Plains Athens High School, dude. This ain't LSU when you had friggin' dudes. This is the NFL. We can't play this five wide nonsense game of playing five man protect. Buddy, I'm sorry. I like you a lot and you're a smart dude, but that stuff doesn't work in this league. It if it did. Rick, can I ask you this? How many teams go five wide on a regular basis? Like on a regular basis, none. Yeah, not a lot. And uh, well, you brought up the play action stuff. And I think that's something I saw on Twitter a lot today as I was scrolling through during the game. A lot of people are talking about play action. And the one thing you have to point out there is the play calling just simply has to be better in those situations. Yes. I mean, I, I understand that sometimes you're going to have some one-on-ones that aren't ideal when you do play action because you got to sell that, that like your run blocking. But to leave one of the best pass rushers in the league alone, one-on-one with Drew Sample, that's just not going to work. You you have to be better than that. So I think the play calling on play action has been abysmal. He's got to find a way to get more out of that as a play caller, Zach Taylor. And again, a lot of this stuff, it feels very similar to where we're at midway through last year. But one of the problems with that skinny, and I brought this up on Twitter, last season, late in the year when they turned around, they beat Derek Carr, and the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger and Teddy Bridgewater and Josh Johnson. And, and of course, they had the big one against Mahomes. But late this year, they finished they two, the last. They, 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 they had two big ones against Mahomes. Let's, uh, let's get that straight. They had well, two big yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the postseason, yeah. But, yes, yes. But I'm talking about at the end of regular se- season, the way they made the postseason after kind of an iffy start, a slow start, was they got hot, but they also had some games that were very winnable games for them because of who they were playing against and the potential of the other team this year, they end the season with six straight against Mahomes, Watson, Brady. You get a week off against Mac Jones, who I don't think is very good yet at this point, but then you go right back to Allen and Lamar Jackson to end the season. That's right. That's fair. Those games aren't games you put in the should win column. You're not going to be favored by a touchdown. Like you have been the last two weeks in those six games. No, I, I believe this team before the bye had to have only have two losses or three losses at most. Well, here we are. Game on. You're at two now. If you're, you know, at four losses at that point, you're going to scratch to go nine and eight. Not because you're a bad football team, just because you put yourself behind the eight ball. And that's what sucks about this start is you've now put yourself very much behind the eight ball. Let's go back to Joe Burrow for a second. Do you think his slow start, and I don't think there's any doubt that he has not played up to his standard for the first two weeks. Do you think that has more to do with the pressure he's been facing or his lack of preparation for the season due to the appendix surgery? 
right. Um, it's a great question because it's asked and everybody asks it. I know you're asking it to get to get the response I hope I'm going to give you. I think it has nothing to do with that because he had no preseason as a rookie. Um, he had no games as a rookie in preseason, and he was fine until he got hurt. They were a terrible team, and he did the best he could. Last year, he took three snaps. And remember those three snaps? They were a joke, right? There was a screen to Jamar Chase and a couple of handoffs. And, hey, guys, I'm fine. I'll be back. And they won the first game. And he was just he, – he started slow a little bit because of the knee was still balky. Well, now the knee's not an issue. I don't think the appendectomy is an issue. I think none of that's an issue. I just think he has started slow because he has started slow. And some of it is the line and the play calling and all of those things. I don't think it has anything to do with his appendectomy or not playing the preseason. Zero, zilch, none. My opinion, but that's my opinion. Well, I think that's that is probably fair that he's used to this. I mean, this was no different from previous preseasons. And, had, when- and, and, and Ricky had a spring. Remember, this is the first OTAs he's had. So he had a full spring, too. Meaningful right. spring to get involved with all these guys. That's true. I would go back to last year, though, and you know it wasn't as glaring of a bad start. Like he didn't have the four interception game last year, like he did to start this season. Well, yeah, he had he had game two. Remember, I mean, like I said, go back to the Bears game. Game two was three picks and three plays. I'm not right. sure you can get worse than that. That's true. We saw some of this the same issues though a lack of pocket presence or awareness of getting a little bit of happy feet and and running himself into some sacks. The turnover issue we talked about that, you know, midway through the season or or really into the beginning of January, I think it was, he was still leading the NFL in interceptions. So we've seen some of this stuff from him early last season before, and then he got crazy hot towards the end of the year. I do wonder to some extent, does that have anything to do with him not getting as much time to prepare in any of these seasons? But I tend to think more of it has to do with this is kind of who he is as a player. He wants to hold on to the ball longer. He wants to make plays and he's facing way too much pressure. I mean, that, that's just, he doesn't have confidence in the guys in front of him. And I think that's making him make some mistakes occasionally when he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long or taking sacks in situations that you really can't. Yeah. I, I hate to pimp the segment I did on the sports authority and you can watch it at local12.com, but I kind of said the same thing. I, I, I hope we don't get to that Monday night game against Cleveland and you remember the fame, famous Sam Darnold moment where he literally tells people on mic, I'm seeing ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope we don't get to that point. And, and I'll be honest. With it's not going to happen with them. I don't think so. But the one thing I will say is, if you remember on the, on the, on the touchdown drive that tied it, the 19-play drive, which was fabulous, by the way. But there were two throws. Remember, they converted the fourth and six, But there were two throws before that. Two open throws, I thought, and he threw them both high and wide. It was like, oh my gosh, that's not, you're too ac- accurate to do that kind of stuff, dude. And listen, I know a throw gets away from a guy now and again, but he's too good for that. And that's where I, I literally wondered, oh my gosh, he is freaking out trying to get this ball out of his hands. Um, so I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we'll ever get there because he's just too mentally tough for that. But it feels like today we're closing in on that a little bit. Yeah, I think the difference totally is the mental makeup. Because at yes, the end of this no, game, right. it no, still felt right. like the Bengals were going to win, and he was yes, figuring right. it out. So right. it we just did. doesn't seem like he ever goes away, no matter how bad it gets for him during a, a game. He doesn't; he's not shaken in terms of his confidence. No, Rick, 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 Dave played two horrific games, and the dude is so tough physically, mentally, all of those things. He literally almost willed them to two victories. They had no business winning. Literally, had no business winning. That's true. You brought up Lyle Collins earlier. Ugh. Is he bad? I mean, that that's the question that was going around a lot today on social media from what I saw. And I, at this point, I think it's a fair question. 
He's just one of those guys that, that talks a better game than I hear, man. I, I, he is. He just he talks a way better game than I see. Tell me you're a perfectionist and you're a craftsman and all those things, and yet I watch. And, you know, he missed camp because of a quote-unquote back issue and then a personal day, and he he didn't want to take part in camp. And I don't respect – he reminds me of – this is going to test – Cordy Glenn. It reminds me of Cordy Glenn. Not in the worst way that Cordy Glenn became. But it reminds me a little bit of Cordy Glenn. So the one thing that totally stands out when watching him early is speed around the edge gives him trouble. He yes. just is completely flustered. He's jumping early with false starts because he's worried about guys getting a step on him around that edge. He started his career as a guard. Is there any chance you look at moving him back inside and just saying it's not working with these these speed pass rushers? No, because who are we going to put there? Who are, who are they going to put there? Great question. Team Adenogy, who was who was inactive today, Isaiah freaking Prince, who sucked down the stretch last year, even though he started in the Super Bowl. I mean, honestly, who are they going to put there? I mean, maybe you could argue you put Cordell Bolson. It's so funny. I've never seen a team take more tackles and eventually have to think about converting them into guards. You know, everybody's talking about Jonah Williams' best position is what? Guard. Guard, yeah. Um, Jackson Carmel's a college tackle. What's his best position, apparently? Which is nothing other than just being a lazy. Well, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But anyway, left, just being lazy. Out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll be inactive at some point. I mean, Max Sharping's about a week from that cap being inactive on a healthy scratch. So, I mean, how many guys, guys we keep talking about playing? Maybe you just stack guards behind each other and you let guys run off the edge and then you say, hey, flip out and, you know, you can guard. You can. I mean, honestly, maybe it'll be a double stack. We'll invent a new offensive system, a center and a double stack guard, one guard behind the other. Well, you can't do that because you got to have guys in the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, I'm not knocking you for what you're saying, Rick. I mean, but I'm just saying, I mean, at what point do you just go, Either you have tackles or you don't. Oh, I think we all know the answer to that right now. They they do not. And uh, I, I don't I, know somebody, what you do to fix this. I mean, you, you got to give Lyle Collins more time. You're giving him all right. this money. But I just wonder Correct. at some point, if if he just physically can't do it, uh, do, do you have to think about trying to get some value out of him by moving him back inside? Because he does seem to move some bodies around in the, the run game when he gets well, the chance or, or when someone tries I, to bull rush him, his strength is fine, but the speed on the edge has him flustered right now. But I go back to what you just said, that the strength is in the run game uh, and that go, go back. I'm sorry. If you have to run the ball 38 times, dude, run the ball 38 times. I know you don't like it because everybody wants to be pass happy today. And it is a pass happy league. It's a pass first league. Is it, is it really? Yeah. I mean, it is, but you also, I mean, I think, especially with the issues you're having protecting Joe Burrow and opposing teams getting pressure on him. You're very predictable right now. And I think you have to find a way to get those pass rushers on their heels a bit and not constantly pinning their ears back, coming after Joe Burrow and giving you hell on the edge. And one way to do that would be to run the ball effectively. I think you've seen the Bucks do that. The Bucs are relying on their defense and running the football at people, yes. even though they have Tom Brady back there. Yes. And it's working. Because they don't pass protect as well as they would like. Um, some of it is injury related to wide receiver. I mean, you know, they have Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, but they're missing a couple of key guys in the, in, in the receiving game. But yes. And so they decided, hey, let's just run it and defend because our defense is really good. And we're going to just grind you out. And guess what? Tampa hasn't played great for two weeks, but guess what Tampa is? They're 2-0. and They're 2-0 and and the Bengals are 0-2 because you're too damn stubborn to run the football. Well, and you know what Tampa does have? An identity. We know yes. exactly what to expect out of them right now. So, 
it, just going back to the first half of this game, Skinny, the Cowboys got out to a 14 to three lead in the first quarter. So it got fairly ugly quickly. Uh, I thought the defense got absolutely dominated on those first two drives, just blowing off the ball, taking bad angles. But then they were pretty good the rest of the way. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what, what happened on those first two drives, to be quite frank, because I I, I I love this defense. I think I've, I've said this on the podcast. I've written about it, actually, um, that I think this was is going to be a top 10 defense before all is said and done. Um, and they played two winning performances, in my opinion. You know, if you hold, you know, you hold a team to with the Steelers should have been 20 in regulation, and that includes a pick six, right? So we can't even count that. So technically 13 in regulation. You know, these guys to, to literally six points after the first two drives, they played winning football. And if I were to tell you, Rick, this defense was going to hold two teams to, to, you know, 20 points and 20 points and two regulations. And again, one was a pick six. You just said, well, they're two and no easily because this offense is going to score 25 to 28 points. And right. you'd have been in theory, right. But you're not because it's, it's not been the case. Listen, I, it was weird to watch them get manhandled the way they did. I think some of it is unfamiliarity, no matter how much they say about knowing Cooper Rush and what he's going to do. Um, you thought you had a plan to get him and you didn't. And then finally you settled in and you were fine. Um, yeah, the first two drives were disappointing. But after that, this, def- this defense has been really good. And again, I, I can say that despite the fact that you've also not played two very good offenses, too. Yep. It was uh, 17 to three at halftime. And basically, no life from the Bengals at that point. You had no turnovers, no pressure. Through the first six quarters of the season, they had one sack, and it was a force out of bounds last week against the Steelers. So they haven't been getting to quarterbacks and, and hitting them. Just 84 total yards for the Bengals compared to 227 for the Cowboys at halftime. And again, four sacks to none. The one stat that really stood out to me at halftime of this one, Skinny, I'd like to hear the explanation for this, in your opinion. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, zero targets combined in the first half of play. Yeah, I think some of it was, and you didn't get a chance to see down the field, and very rarely do you look down the field if you're at a game watching it, is uh, there was a couple of times, maybe even more than a couple, maybe three to five times, where Joe set his feet, looked to want to make a quick pass, and it wasn't there. And then he pulls it down, and here comes the sack. And so at that stage, you're dead. And I just wonder if, if the Cowboys did a great job squatting on some of those routes to T and Tyler, and they took him away, and then you got in crazy, weird, down-and-distant situations, and then he's in panic mode, and he trusts Jamar, and he trusts Jamar on slants, and he just trusts Jamar on, on you know different other, other routes. I think some of that was the case. I don't – their offense is not predicated on – they're going to throw to Tyler Boyd on this play – or T Higgins on that play or Jamar chase on that play. It's literally predicated by coverage and situations and um, the way routes develop and all those things. So I do wonder if there were a bunch of times where Joe decided I want to throw to them and it didn't work because they took stuff away. And then all of a sudden you're running for your life and uh, you're either throwing it away or checking it down or dumping it off or getting sacked. And so I think there was that, but I do think, so it too is those guys won a lot the second half. They won one on ones. That's the other thing you don't, you know, we don't ever know enough about. And I'll, I'll include myself in that is did T. Higgins win on his one on one route where he was targeted? Did Tyler Boyd win on his one on route where he, where he was targeted? We don't know. I don't see the film until tomorrow. I don't watch the all 22 till tomorrow. Um, neither do the coaches. So did they win on those routes? Maybe they didn't, Rick. I mean, well, I, I get what you're saying because everybody's pushing at that. 
but maybe they didn't win. And he was going to them and like, oh, crap, they didn't win. Uh, where am I going? Oh, uh, I'm sacked. Well, yeah, and that, that's not necessarily to point blame at one person, whether that no, no, be no. Joe Burrow or Zach Taylor. The, right. the question, though, is is what is the issue? Because it feels almost impossible to me that this team could go through a half of play and neither Agreed. one of those two guys oh, get a target. Agreed. No, no, fully. I fully agree with that. I'm just get, trying to give an explanation for why. Yeah. And, and I, I think, to me, I it means it says something is wrong. Yeah, something is wrong. You're No, that's exactly right. Are they not winning? Um is it scheme? Is it is it is it pass blocking? Is it Joe locking on Jamar because he loves Jamar and trusts Jamar? I get it, but yeah, I, I think that's one of those ones that's a question that that is definitively going to have to be asked tomorrow. You, you can ask it tonight, and everyone wants to ask tonight, but they don't know until they look at film. They don't. They can think they do. They're, I mean, trust me. Zach Taylor's looking at the plays, looking at his play sheet. Guys upstairs are looking at stuff. I mean, you can all say you want an answer tonight. You won't get the answer tonight. You probably won't get the answer tomorrow because it's going to be a gobbledygook, crazy, crazy, stupid answer. Um, in my opinion, but it's worth asking tomorrow for sure because it's uh, something happened to where they didn't get targeted. Well, the Bengals had the ball for 10 minutes and 19 seconds of the third quarter, came That's away crazy. with just six points. Yep. That to me was really the biggest issue in this game. When they, it felt like they were finally gaining some momentum and things were going right, they just couldn't find a way to get the big plays to keep those drives going or get it into the end zone. And and that uh, that ended up costing them to to really dominate that third quarter, but only make up six points, I thought right. was where it really fell flat. I mean, I mean, not 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 to be you know a, a, a simplistic person, but turn one of those into a touchdown, right? I mean, that's four extra points is a big difference. You're right. I mean, it's th- those were the parts to me is you dominated and you couldn't finish drives, and um, it's a frustrating start. But l- l- let me let let me quell people with a little bit of this. I think this is a, still a really good team with a really good roster. Um, uh, I, I look back at Pittsburgh last year. They started one and four and they were horrible. Remember how hor- they were horrible. They were embarrassingly bad and they still made the playoffs. They found a way, um, you know, th- this year stinks cause you're and two and it feels like everybody's thinking it's a fluke. I don't think it was a fluke. I think they were a good enough team last year to do what they did. And they were a really good team by the end of the year when they did what they did. Um, so I, I, I do get this, but until you look up about week eight and you're three games behind, then you can panic. I'm not sure I panic yet. There are issues. You got to fix the issues. Hopefully they're good enough to fix the issues. They did it last year when some of the issues we're literally talking about the empty sets, the pass blocking situations, all those things. And they found a way to, 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 to survive that. You know, these next two weeks are big. The, the Jets is big because it's a winnable game on the road. And Miami's big because it's a Thursday night home on a short week and you should win that game. And you can look up, and at two and two, you're not going to be very far off the lead in this division at that point. You're not. I did want to ask you, too, about the 19-play touchdown drive <laughs> that tied it up in the fourth quarter. Have you covered many 19-play, 83-yard touchdown drives that take off nine minutes of game time? I, I think back in the late 80s, Rick, when I worked at the Boone County Recorder, I covered Owen House Boone County Rebels football team when all they did was run the football and they would grind you out. I think they had like a couple of 21, 22 play drives. They were fun in that regard. They would just sit there and just run it and go, here we come. I might have done a game on Friday for, for Saturday High School Rivals where I don't know what it, what it worked out to, but I, I swear Clinton Massey ran about a couple of 16 to 18 play drives. So at the pro level, no. At the high school level, I sure probably have, and maybe at the college level, I have. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was 
And the funny part was the hand ringing for people that were like clock management sucks. You got to go faster. I'm thinking, no, what you need to do is score the touchdown. However long it takes you. There's plenty. People freak out when there's under four minutes to go. Does anybody realize that under four minutes to go in the NFL with all the timeouts is an eternity? Yeah. Um, and people were freaking out. I'm sure you saw it too, right? On your timeline. It's my favorite thing about the NFL. Every single NFL fan is an expert in quote unquote clock management. And every clock NFL game. coach yeah. is terrible at it. Every yes. single game I see it. Clock management's brutal right now. It's like, really? You all are that much smarter than the NFL coaches at clock management? And, 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 let, and let me tell you two things. They, they, they scored with plenty of time left. And granted, they put the pressure on the two-point conversion. But things could have changed after the two-point conversion. I mean, Dallas could have gone in conservative mode. Hell, it might have been better. I swear to God, Rick, it might have been better in the ethereal world if the Bengals don't make the two-point two point conversion, Dallas goes conservative, and the Bengals stop them, get their timeouts, and have McPherson kick the 53-yard field goal, right? It might have been. Well, that, there was. are you talking about the fourth and six call for the Bengals? No, no, or no? I'm just, no, no, I'm just talking okay. in general. Yeah, I'm just talking in general of everybody's freaking out about 17 to nine. They're driving down. You got to hurry. You got no much. Relax. They score the touchdown. Part of me was like, if you don't get this two point conversion, there's still three minutes to go. Now Dallas is going to try to milk clock. Go go conservative. You stuffed up, up their ass for the next half. And maybe you get them to punt from the 27. You start at the 43, two completions. You're down to the 40. And, 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 and Money Mac bombs a 58 yarder. It might have been better for you to win 18 17 than lose 20 17. Right, that, right. That's the thing. Nobody ever knows. It, it all seems, oh, you better hurry. No, you don't. Relax. If they, 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 the key is scoring. However, it takes you to score. And they felt like they were in a rhythm to score, right? Of, all right, just make sure you're huddling, taking your time, get the right play, get the right play call. Let's run the ball a little bit. And they still score with 345 to go. That's an eternity in this league. It's an, look at the rest of the day today, for goodness sakes. Hell, the, the, the Jets scored twice inside the last two minutes. It's an eternity. Did you think that call was interesting at all in that final drive before the Higgins touchdown? You had a, I think they were around the 30-yard line. They had a fourth and six. I thought at that yep. time there was the possibility that they might kick the field goal, try to get a stop. I, I was too. With around four minutes no, left, get too. the ball back and, and score again. They end up going for it. And it proved to be the, the exact right call. They completed over the middle. And then a few plays later, you've got the touchdown. What were your thoughts on that call at the time? Did you think it was going to be an interesting one? Did you think they might kick it? or No, I did think they would. I, I thought there was a chance they would kick it. But I also thought that if you go for it there and don't make it, um, you still have your three timeouts. You got a chance to go back and do this again. So, no, I, I, thought, I thought the right decision there was to go for it, whether they would not made it or not. I think it was the right decision, period, in the story. No, it clearly proved to be the case. But I, I was wondering at the time, I was like, I don't know what the, what the metrics say on this one. What would be the right call here? But I, obviously, it worked out for the best. I'm glad they did it that way. And then, of course, for the second consecutive week, they lose on a, a walk-off field goal, this time a, a 50-yarder for the Cowboys. The Bengals' longest play of the game in this one was 19 yards. Mm. Their longest pass of the year so far is 24 yards. That mm. happened last week in the Steelers game. That, to me, is the biggest issue, in my opinion, right now. You've got to have more explosive plays, and Jamar Chase seemed pretty frustrated about that after the game when he was talking to reporters. He was, and, and I agree with that. But again, it's, I think it starts with if they're going to play Tampa 2 against you because they're trying to take Jamar Chase and T. Higgins away. They're playing two safeties. For those that don't know, I'm not trying to be a jackass here but for those who don't know tampa two is two safeties one playing on one hash mark one playing on the other 
not letting you go over the top. And then the numbers inside the box are run the football. And so, you know, you think about it, you're matched up with receivers on the outside. There's three receivers. That's three receivers. They are being matched up with that's two safeties. And suddenly there's six in the box against five blockers. And, and so, yeah, you can argue that, yeah, that's one more blocker, but still bottom line is against Tampa two running the football is the most effective measure. And so you have to go into games right now thinking we have to run the football a bunch. And, you know, if it's Joe for 22 carries and Samaj P. Ryan for eight, Chris Evans for five, and it's 35 carries, when usually in a game, 27 to 32 runs is a good chunk. Well, then by God, you better do it. And maybe that's where you have to go with this. And if, if, if you establish the run at that point, and then you have to say, hey, Joe, go under center. Let's do play action off of this because we're running the football effectively. And I know you don't like it, but it's going to slow the pass rush down and keep you from getting your ass kicked. I, I know you love shotgun and standing back there and all that stuff. Well, tough, tough luck, dude. This is what we got to do. I, I'm Look, I'm good with the running more. I, I'm with you on that to an extent. I think the bigger concern for me and some other fans are the lack of explosiveness in the passing game. And look, it didn't change last year. Teams are still going to play two eye safeties on you. You're going Not to as get... much. I think they're playing it way more this year, Rick. I think. Well, this is, I this, think you're right. But... Literally, here we are. Here we are of Jamar Chase. We watched it last year. We thought we could fix it, and we thought we could do things against you, and we can't. And guess what? Now you ain't going to do it, bro. But this is what they said all last year. It wasn't necessarily always uh, two eye safeties, but they they consistently said you know, some of it's the scheme of the opposing defense. They're trying to take the, the long ball away from us. That's why we're throwing underneath so much and, and being quote unquote conservative. But what happened later in the year? They decided to just take chances and throw it up to the best players on the field yeah. and let them go make a play. And they imposed their will. And that worked out in the long run because you need explosive plays in the NFL. Right now, they're not even giving themselves yeah. the chance to make an explosive play. Well, I, and the other part that I will say is though, when you're down, you know, 14, nothing or 17, nothing or 17, three or whatever you're, what you want to talk about, you know, last week was make a running one for, for a, for a touchdown on, on the first play uh, from, from Bengals scrimmage. And then, you know, today was seven, nothing. And then for whatever reason, 14, nothing. And, you know, you might've wanted to dial up a couple of those things. And now you're down like that. You're like, ah, can we really throw it up for grabs and hope that a guy comes down? Or are we going to risk a turnover? And now we're really screwed. So I that too, but you're right. I mean, you, you, I mean, you, yeah, this is a league of explosive plays. You're very rarely driving the ball. Like they did 19 plays in 83 yards. That, that doesn't happen in this league. That's why you're funny. When you say that, that, like I said, the last times I've seen that, I think we're at Boone County high school when they had running game. Um, that doesn't happen in the NFL. You don't, you don't run 19 plays against an NFL defense. You just don't. Right. And, and I, I understand it, it can't always just be throwing the ball up for grabs, but I think at some point you do have to trust the best players to, to give them a chance to no, make a play. Fair. And then some yeah, of fair. that is just you guys got to make a, a tackler miss or something too. Cause it's not always throwing the ball yeah. down the field for a 35 or 40 yard bomb. Sometimes it's just that slant over the middle where you break a tackle and you're off to the races. And they had a lot of that from Jamar chase last year too. And so far they just haven't been able to find those openings yet. So no, he, and he had a couple today where I thought one tackle away, he's gone. There was a couple. Yeah. They were in 13 one-score games last season, and that includes the postseason, obviously. They they finished 7-6 and six in those games, but during the regular season, the nine one-score games they played, they were 4-5. and five. So I think sometimes we look back on last season and say it felt like everything went their way and they won all those close games. Not necessarily the case. They were 4-5 and five in those close games last year that came down to the final possessions. 
Um, they have two to start this season already, and they're 0 2. So they're going to have to find a way to win some of these close ones. You were just hoping that, you know, games against Mitch Trubisky and against Cooper Rush may not come down to the final possessions, but uh, such is such as life, I guess. Skinny, I have one more question for you, and I think just kind of an overall wrap it up type question here. Were the Bengals the better team today and last Sunday, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a great question because, yes, absolutely. And that's what's so disappointing about Owen, too. Listen, stuff happens in the league. Like I said, you watch, you know, the Jets go to Cleveland today down 30 to 17 and win. They're not very good. The Jets are terrible. And the Bengals will find that out this week, um, you know, if they're terrible or not. But, yes, that's a great question because they are way better than Owen, too. This is a legit playoff football team. They proved it last year. It was not a fluke. It's a good roster. It's a really good roster. And that's where I kind of go to the Bill Belichick. They were one and two after that Kansas City game years ago, remember? And then we're on to Cincinnati. And they were, the sky was falling because I think Kansas City beat them 41 to 10. And they were one and two, right? And then, then they were fine after that. So, you know, um, I get questions because Zach Taylor's track record isn't great. Um, I get that Brian Callahan's track record isn't great. That this organization's track record isn't great. I get all of those things. And I'm not telling you not to be a little flummoxed and questioning things and all of those people. I'm just saying it's a good football team. And um, if things don't turn around soon, then yes, you can point the finger at Zach Taylor for all of it. It's still a little early for that. It really is. I get, you know, hey, listen, I'm questioning the play calling. I'm questioning the schematics. I'm questioning the, the identity. And it's fair to do all those things. But this is a good football team that has just found a way to lose two goofy games. And this league is full of it. Go look at the Raiders game tonight, people. That was the goofiest game any of us have ever seen in our lifetime, probably, the way that game ended. Yeah, I think that's what I, again, maybe it's too simple to look at it this way, but I keep coming back to when I saw, and, and maybe this is a Homer perspective, but what I saw late in both of those games last week and today, that when the Bengals turned it on and they wanted to be, they were able to impose their will offensively and looked like the more dominant team on both sides of the ball in the later stages of the game. That kind of brings me back to, they got out coached and it's one thing to get out coached by Mike Tomlin. <laughs> It's another thing to get out coached by Mike McCarthy. So, uh, you know, you don't always. He's won a Super Bowl, Chief. He has. He has. People forget that. But I think we would agree that it doesn't feel good uh, when you feel like you had the better team and you lose to Mike McCarthy. So And, and Cooper Rush. And, and, and Cooper fair. Rush. Right. It's no, a big it's part fair. of it. You're right. It's fair. And not the the better team doesn't always win. It's not, you know, I'm not trying to be, again, that's a kind of a simplistic way of looking at it. But after two weeks, I think there's definitely some criticism that's warranted by the coaching staff because they had the better yeah. talent in both weeks and they couldn't find a way to pull out the win. So they, they got to get no, it together, but they deserve some, some time to do so because of what they were able to do last year. Yeah. No, I mean, if we look up in two weeks and this team's own for the Miami game, then we go, okay, now we got a really big problem because maybe last year was a fluke. And that's where things really get interesting and concerning, right? Because they did. I mean, they bought themselves some time with what they did last year. But if the reality is they just stink and Joe Burrow got hot and, and was Joe Burrow last year and led the team on his own, then where does that leave this franchise? How long do you stick with a coaching staff that got you to a Super Bowl, but that you're worried about? Right. Because I would ask this question. Do you think Joe, I'll ask you, I'll ask you individually these questions. Do you think, um, do you think Joe Burrow is a really good quarterback? I do. Do you think Jamar, Jamar Chase is an elite wide receiver? I definitely do. 
Do you think Joe Mixon's one of the top five? Yeah, I'll go top five running backs in the NFL. He definitely can be, yeah, if he had, with the right situation. Sure. Do, 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 you, do you think T. Higgins is a top 25 wide receiver? Ish. Okay, sure. Um, do you think that um, this defense is at least top 15? I don't want to go top 10 yet. I think they're going to be top 10, but do you think they're at least top 15? Yeah, top half of the NFL. It looks that way this year. I would say so. Sure. Okay, so 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 now we're in the stage of we think there's some elite guys in this team. And you're right. At that point, if you're at that stage, that point, and you can look and go, well, you know, everybody has one good year and everybody has one really bad year. And now you're looking and going, and again, this would be apocalyptic nuclear 0-4 after Miami, right? This Yes, this is not a conversation that is we're having right now as it needs to be happened. We're saying we're we're far away from this still, but That's, maybe well, not, we're not too we're, far we're not away. That, we're not that far away, bro. Right, so, yeah. So, yeah, if you're 0-4 at that stage and you look at the first two seasons and you look at a chunk of last season, you go, huh, maybe this isn't this isn't a player personnel issue because they've spent money. They've done things they haven't done forever. They've spent money. They've, they've drafted well, in my opinion, they have a franchise quarterback. They have a franchise wide receiver. They have, they have dudes. And at that point, if you go, we got dudes, this ain't working at what stage do you go. All right. Enough is enough. I hate to do it because I, I want to work for the guy. I want to work for the staff, but at some point, it's got to work whether I want it to happen or not, or anybody else. Want that, it's got to work right or wrong. In terms of like people or situations that I'm most concerned about, or that I would term like hot seat ish, it goes Frank Pollock first and foremost. He's the yes. first guy I'm pointing the finger at and saying, yes. what's the deal at this point, you know? And, yes. and I understand it's going to take some time with this line, but no, they but can't be this no, bad. They can't right, be this bad. And then the second would be Zach Taylor as a play caller, but not as a head coach, because I do think he has done a really good job of changing the culture here and getting the right guys and all of that stuff. I have no complaints about him leading this franchise right now. I am concerned about him as the play caller of this offense. And and that goes back to last year. That really hasn't changed. They got hot down the stretch. You had to give them the benefit of the doubt, but we're right back in the same spot as we were last year. Well, let, let me bring back the hashtag. Hashtag BBM. Do you know what hashtag BBM is? Bring back. Oh, you're good. You got this. Do the whole thing. Marvin? For me. Yes. <laughs> God. Well, he, did, did he just, he you, just lost his college gig, right? Herm got, got fired at Arizona yeah, State. He got, he got fired, but they did the, they did an interim guy on the staff as the head coach, not Marvin. I was wondering where that went. I actually looked that up tonight to see yeah. where that went. Oh, I was waiting. I, good for you, dude. You did it. You disgust me for that. I, and I disgust myself for that because you know I don't believe in that, as you can imagine. I just thought I'd bring that up. Your guy's job gets significantly worse if you bring back Marvin for the record. Thank you. Yes. No, thank you. Um, yeah. I, I Listen, I, I get Owen, too. Everybody is just going crazy over the whole situation, and it looks ugly and all those things. Um, the dude got a little cachet for going to the Super Bowl. Whether you like it or not, he got some cachet. And let's see how it plays out. Because he's not the first guy to start 0-2. He won't be the last guy to start 0-2. And, and I know 0-2 usually is not a playoff caliber situation. But I'm not so sure what this AFC North is all about after I watched the silliness of today. Right? Great, great point. I mean, that certainly helped that, that everyone else lost as well. <laughs> that was silly. I mean, that was silly. Now, 2-0 for, for two teams, for the Browns and Ravens and the Bengals 0-2. Then we got something. But at this stage of the game... They haven't played the Browns or the Ravens. They did play the Steelers, but they haven't played either one of those. Let me give you an Aaron Rodgers line. You know what it's going to be, right? R E L A 
X for right now. You can do this in three or four weeks, but for right now, relax. I think that's a good place to leave it. That sounds perfect to me. All right, thanks for joining us. It's been the uh, Bengals Post Game Podcast Edition. For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals Post Game Edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of First Community Mortgage.